Welcome to the City Life Church online. We've long been one church in two locations, and this week we're one church in many locations. Living rooms, laptops, countertops, TVs. I don't know how you're watching this. Maybe you're with your family. Maybe somebody gave you a link, invited you to come check us out, and this is your first experience with City Life. I give you the warmest of digital welcomes. Or maybe you're alone with your device in a room watching this service. And if that's the case, then the sermon title this week will resonate with you. The sermon title is simply Solitary Refinement. Solitary Refinement. Because for a lot of us, this social distancing feels like confinement. Maybe for some of the extreme introverts, it's their dream come true. But for a lot of us, this feels like confinement. And there are well-documented, very real effects of solitary confinement. And maybe you can relate to a couple of them. Impaired senses. Some of you this week forgot which day it was multiple times. Some of you couldn't remember whether the last time you showered was this morning or yesterday because you haven't changed clothes in three days. Or, or maybe it's lessened social skills. I can only imagine our first gathering back together again after these weeks apart and, and, and not wanting to touch anyone. The first impulse I have to give maybe Dean Watney a, a hug or a handshake, I'm not going to know what to do with my hands. It's going to be more awkward than a middle school dance, right? Lessened social skills. But for all this joking, the early church was also confined to homes, not due to a pandemic, but due to persecution. And it didn't just survive in this season, it thrived. The church was put on the map in this season in homes during persecution. And Pastor Fred pointed to this briefly last week. He's going to jump back into it next week. But this week, I want to turn left in your Bibles, back to the Old Testament. I want to turn to Daniel chapter 1. So if you've got your Bible with you, you can turn there. You can swipe there on your phone. Because in this season, we may feel exiled told that we can no longer go to our favorite restaurant to sit down for a meal with our family, sent home from work, told that you can't go on the weekend to gather with your church family. We may feel exiled, but in the book of Daniel, the Israelites were exiled, literally uprooted from home and taken captive to Babylon. They were exiled physically. They were isolated spiritually. Four men whose stories we know in more detail than most of the exiles were Daniel and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were pulled from the group of exiles into a Babylonian program packed with not just a new culture, but pagan practices and increased even heightened isolation. And yet this is where they didn't just survive, but they thrived. They experienced moves and miracles of God so legendary that we're still talking about them thousands of years later. So the question is how? How do you thrive and not just survive in these seasons that feel like a proverbial exile? How do we experience solitary refinement in seasons that feel like confinement? And tonight I want to look at two ways briefly that Daniel was able to thrive. The first is a faith in a God that's in control. And secondly, a focus on what I can control. Again, a faith that God is in control and then a focus on what I can control. Because so much of this season really is about control. When things seemingly are spiraling out of control, it's a reminder of all that we don't control. And focusing on what we can't control, it'll run us into the ground and it'll have us failing to control those things that we can. But before we go any further, let's read Daniel chapter one, verses one through three. Daniel chapter one, starting in verse one, sorry, through verse two. It says in the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 
Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. And he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. So why do I read these seemingly obscure historical verses at the beginning of Daniel chapter one? Because I believe in these seemingly obscure verses at the beginning of Daniel, right at the very outset, as he's setting the context for the rest of the book is the key to his ability to thrive for decades in exile. It says right in verse two, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. The greater implication here is that God delivered the Israelites into the hands of the Babylonians. The Israelites were Amazon primed by the divine into exile. Now, Daniel knew that it was Israelites' sin and transgressions for generations that brought about this act of judgment. That's why in Daniel 9, there's this beautiful prayer of repentance that Daniel prays. But what allowed Daniel to thrive for decades, even in the chaos of exile? We see it right here in the second verse of the book he writes. Daniel knew that God was in control of who was in control. Daniel knew this truth that circumstances may seemingly spiral out of control, but God is always in control. And when God is in power, we don't have to panic. Right? When, when, when God is in control, we don't have to catastrophize. And when God is at home on his throne, then we can have peace and hope in our homes. Those are perspectives rooted in the promises of Scripture. So the question becomes, are you rooted in Scripture? Because here's the thing. When you log off tonight, you won't have me preaching to you. You won't have Pastor Fred preaching to you. But there will be plenty of voices affecting your perspective, as there are every week. So the question is, what voices will be speaking to your perspective come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or beyond? Because the voices you choose will determine your perspective. The voices you choose and let speak to you will determine your level of hope. So my question for you is, what's the loudest voice preaching to you and your heart in this season? Is it the headlines on the news or the highlights in your Bible? Is it the headlines on the news or the headings of Scripture and God's promises for you? Some of you are struggling to have the faith that Daniel had because you haven't maintained the truth of God's word as the loudest voice in your life. Struggling with worry and anxiety in this season? Maybe feel like you could have more hope and faith? Paul says in Romans that faith comes by hearing the word of God. You don't need to be ordained to preach to yourself or to speak the word of God over yourself or to prophesy the promises of God over you and your family. And there's no doubt this is what Paul is speaking when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6. He's writing to Timothy, his, his protege, his son in the faith. And he says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Other translations say fan the flame. He's saying to Timothy, stir yourself up, fan your flame. Because he wasn't there with Timothy. They were separated, dare I say, socially distanced, right? Timothy's in Ephesus with that church. Paul is imprisoned in Rome. He is confined and he's imploring Timothy to learn solitary refinement. It was imperative for Timothy to know how to stir himself up, to stimulate growth in his own life and in his own heart. And it's imperative for us to know how to do the same thing. You know, as we bunker down 
as our kids are now home from school for the long haul, uh, I want to shout out the brand new homeschoolers. For some of us, it's just another day. We've been homeschooling for a while. For others, this is a trip into the wild. I know some of you probably Googled this week, how do I expel a student when I'm homeschooling? How do I expel them from my home? Is that even possible? Because we're stepping into teacher's shoes. And as you do that, maybe you reflect back on the teachers you had in the schools you went to. You know, there were two kinds of teachers when it came time for a test or a quiz. There was the, the teacher that would, would let you pull up a chair and they'd lovingly kind of guide you and walk you down that path toward an answer. But then there's the other teacher, just kind of give you a shrug and the look, like you're on your own. Like when, when you're a student, you prefer the first teacher, but the second teacher is actually teaching something important. That teacher was freeing us from being educationally dependent. They wanted us to learn how to take the information we have in our heads or the things that we know and to apply it ourselves and walk it out for ourselves. And I believe this is significant for us, the church, in this season. And as we've been in this season of social distancing and not being able to gather with our congregation, preachers, teachers and ministers and elders, I keep thinking back to something I learned years ago and I've shared repeatedly in the past. And it's that when communists rose to power in China some decades ago, all of some 6,000 missionaries and trained pastors were either imprisoned or expelled from the country. So communists aggressively sought to uproot and eliminate the church. So the church in China, for all intents and purposes, it went off the grid. Churches that met in homes were made illegal. Christian education, it was forbidden. So the global church was left wringing their hands thinking, what is going to happen to the church in China in this season? And let me tell you, the church in China exploded. When I say exploded, I mean exploded. It's been estimated by historians that the revival in China during this time was the greatest numerical revival in history. Conservative estimates say that there were about 750,000 Christians in China when the missionaries and pastors and teachers were expelled. In 1980, when the country opened its doors again, it's estimated there were some 35 million believers in their homes together. Even without formal pastors or missionaries, they took control of their own development and stirred up themselves and fanned that flame in themselves that became a flame of revival. Right. The church wasn't crippled. It grew. It didn't just survive. It thrived. And I believe we can see the same in this season that we're in today. But do you have the faith that God is in control even when things seem to be spiraling out of control? Because that means that there's never a trial or a season that goes to waste. God is always setting the stage for his glory. What if he's doing just that right now? That's going to take a faith that knows God is in control and a focus on controlling the things that we can control. Because it becomes easy in wild seasons like the one we're in to throw our hands up, to lose focus and drift, even compromise. But Daniel didn't. The church in China didn't. Daniel knew that in spite of things seemingly spiraling out of control, he could focus on what he could control. And we can, too. Our decisions, our discipline, our habits. You know, we read about the 12 pathways and 12 spiritual disciplines that Fred outlines in the Praxis book last week. And you look at them in the life of Daniel, right? Daniel prayed. We're going to talk about that in a second. Daniel fasted. He has a, a fast named after him, right? Enough said. 
He had relationship with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they walked the pathway of accountability together, not just making sure that they didn't sin, but encouraging and supporting one another to stay pure in a pagan society. Daniel controlled what he could control. Sure, he couldn't gather in worship, celebrate feast days and the Passover and worship as he could if he was still in Jerusalem. But there were disciplines that he could still walk in and he walked in them. And it says in that Praxis book, you walk in those 12 pathways, those 12 spiritual disciplines, and you become a person of virtue. And Daniel became a person of such virtue that when his opponents in the Babylonian government wanted to topple him and trip him up by finding a flaw or a weakness, it says in Daniel 6 verse 4, they could find no corruption in him. This was a man of integrity and such virtue that nobody could even find a weakness. So what they did instead is they were like, what can we cripple him by taking away? What can we take from him that will take away his source of joy and his source of strength? So let me ask you, before we get to Daniel, if somebody carefully studied your life and tried to steal your joy, your source of strength, your source of contentment, what would they take? Would it be your cell phone, Netflix account, car keys, or would it be your Bible? Would it be your prayer life? They tried to cripple Daniel by stripping him of his prayer life. They made the king sign this edict where it said if you were praying, you had to pray to the king, nobody else, or you could be executed. So what does Daniel do? Says he goes home and went to pray at his window just as he'd always done. I love those five words, just as he'd always done. And I would tell you tonight that the difference between merely surviving and thriving in this season or any season is how do you fill in that blank? What are you doing just as you've always done. What are your habits? If somebody, a biographer was writing about your life and he wrote that sentence, what would that thing be that you're doing just as you've always done? There's so much that we can't control in this season, but we can control our decisions. We can control our habits. We can control our response. A pandemic is gripping our nation with fear, we can pray just as we've always done. Another election is set to sow division into our nation. We can invest in godly relationship just as we've always done. Right? A headline looks hopeless. We can meditate on God's word just as we've always done. So how do we experience solitary refinement even amidst seeming confinement? How do we grow even when we can't gather? And how do we thrive and not just survive? One, we have faith in a God that's still in control. And then we focus on what we can control. I can't control the fact that we can't gather on Saturdays. And I'm preaching to a camera right now. But I can control my personal walk and my spiritual disciplines. I can't control how things are shutting down left and right. But I can control how I love my wife. I can't control the fact that schools are shut down, but I can control the atmosphere in my home as I love my son. And we want to help you do just that, setting the atmosphere in your home. I didn't go and write a book this week like Fred wrote Praxis, but I wrote five devotionals with a big idea, questions, and an application that you can walk through alone, you can walk through with your family, you can walk through with a friend over any of these online FaceTimes, whatever, Zoom. But let's walk through these together as a church and not just survive, but thrive. Not just gut this out, but grow and have faith that God can use this. If God is in control, he can use any trial, any season to set the stage for his glory. 
And we know that he wants to use the church to do just that. So let's grow together. But before I close, before I close, I want to remind you and everybody watching that the true key to thriving in every season is not self-help. It's being rooted in Jesus Christ. It's what Fred preached on last week, that you're not going to thrive unless you are rooted in Jesus Christ. Yes, focus on those things you can control, but fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who endured so much more than some lockdown. He endured the cross because of the joy set before him. Let's fix our eyes on him. And if you've never done that, you've never prayed to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior over your life, you've never committed to following him and his loving commandments in your life, then you can do just that tonight. It's not going to look like a normal service where you walk up an aisle and receive prayer, but you can click a button at the bottom of your screen and you'll be ushered to myself or another pastor that would love to pray for you, rally around you, resource you as you begin this journey of following Jesus. But before we go tonight, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that just as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into a literal exile, that even in this season that may feel like exile, may feel like confinement, your Holy Spirit is with us, moving and, and still working out miracles for your glory. So I pray that in this season, God, we would experience you in new ways and in ways that just like in the book of Daniel, we're going to look back on years from now, even tell to generations after us of the ways God moved in this season, in us and in this church. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We'll see you next week. What a great message we just heard from Pastor Justin. I don't know about you, church, but I am attempting to truly thrive in this season. And it's not easy and it doesn't come natural, but I am so encouraged by how practical and relevant this message is. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be working this week to anchor myself in my faith and a God who is in control and my focus on what I can control. To help support us in doing that and unpacking these truths together, Pastor Justin referenced that he has built some beautiful devotions for us, five days worth for this week. And so you can find those at our website, citylifeva.com. And if you go to the sermon section, you'll find a sermon notes folder. And in that folder, you can download those five devotionals that will support the continuing of unpacking these truths together, putting this to work in our lives as we walk through this season, individually and as a church together. So for tonight, we wanna to say thank you again for worshiping with us. We're gonna to continue to hang out in the chat rooms for several minutes, continue to be available for prayer, continue to be available for encouragement. We love you, church. We are here for you. Don't be a stranger. You know where to find us. We will look forward to seeing you again next Saturday night. Have a great week.